Welcome to the Rising Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Demetra, and we're here to talk about all things that sisters should, from manifesting to business and business to self-pleasure. There is nothing that we can't talk about. <laughs> Chat soon. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Rising Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Demetra, and I'm so, so excited to be here today with a very special guest of mine. This woman is someone who I actually came into contact with a couple of months ago via her own podcast at the very <laughs> beginning of my personal journey, starting with natural fertility and natural tracking. So, Gemma, I'm so excited to have you here today. Please say hello and introduce yourself a little. Let our audience know who you are and what exactly you do. Thanks, Soph. I'm really blessed to be here and excited as well. I love talking about these topics. Um, I'm a menstrual cycle educator and coach, and so I teach you know, all around the menstrual cycle. That's kind of what I do for work. Who I am as a person is a yogi, a health nutter, um, you know, I love the ocean. People call me like a daytime mermaid <laughs> because I literally like I'm at the beach every day riding my bike around. Um, but the thing that I'm really passionate about is teaching menstruators of all age how to get to know their menstrual cycle. And there's many facets to that. There's understanding PMS and period pain and cramps. There's also why do I have tender boobs? Then there's delayed cycles, short cycles, contraception, um, natural contraception options, hormonal contraception options, and really unpacking the different um, phases and aspects of your menstrual cycle that really just aren't taught. And that journey for me really began when I came off the pill um, after 12 years consecutively. And I didn't have a period for nine months. And I was like, what the hell is going on in my body? I didn't feel like a woman at all. I felt the most disconnected I'd like ever felt in my life. And um, it just kind of sent me, sent me down this spiral of, you know, why aren't women taught this? Because at the time I was already working in women's health. I was working as a, as a coach. Um, I've been working as a coach for eight years, but I've been in the industry of health and nutrition for 15 years. So I already knew a lot when I got to this stage of coming off the pill, but I was so shocked that after all of the study that I'd done through ancestral health, um, nutrition, wellness coaching, um, womb wisdom, medical intuition, all of these things to be like, how come this wasn't covered? You know, how we have four phases to our cycle. What? How does that work? And I was just like, I'd literally just thought my period was my whole cycle. Anyway, um, that's how I got into this work and I love doing it. Like I said, I do teach menstruators of all age from as young as eight and seven, right through to um, post menstruation age um, through menopause. Yeah, well, there really is like so, so much to it, isn't there? You know, as I said earlier, you know, and I've shared on this, you know, I've shared a bit of my own journey in another episode earlier on, but, you know, I originally found you through your podcast and my gosh, before we worked together, I listened to all your podcasts today. I think there were like 80 or more <laughs> at the time and I listened to them all, like I binge watched them binged listened to them I should say at work you know I'd have my earphones in and you know I learned so much through your podcast but then even then I reached out to you and I was like hey 
can we work together? Like, I feel like I still have more to learn. And, you know, we've been working together the last three months. It has been so, so amazing. We've just finished up for the year, but I'm so excited for next year to start back again because my God, even in our last session together this week, there was still so much I was still learning and it's so beautiful. And like you said, you know, it really allows us to real, like really reconnect with our, our womb wisdom and our magic as females. And it's not something that's common enough. And there's people like you and I who are, you know, on this space to be able to share that and to be able to make it more common because there is nothing more empowering than a woman that is confident in her own skin. And yeah, it's just really connected. So let's get into it. And before we do, what day of your cycle are you on today? And how are you feeling? <laughs> I love that you've asked me this question. Because this is actually the question that I ask at the beginning of my podcast, right? Yeah. Now, it's, um, it's really interesting because often when I ask people this, they're like, oh my God, like I have to check, like what kind of day am I on today? So I love um, when, like when we do check in, I love that aspect because it really allows us to, how do I say, um, to really just honor how we feel in the moment rather than how we feel over the whole day. So it's really important to recognize that, yes, you can feel multiple things at different times, but the more you're able to just connect in and tune into yourself in the moment, the better you're able to like understand how you have different feelings within each moment throughout each day. So for me today, I'm actually pre-ovulation phase. I'm around um, my transitional from inner spring to inner summer as we approach the full moon, which is coming up in a few days time. So I'm on day 12 of my cycle today. Amazing. And how are you feeling? Checking in in this moment, I actually feel really fresh. I've um, been working since very early this morning and I'm feeling the, the vibes of this outer summer and the inner summer. So we're about to step into outer summer, which is the season that we work through seasonally throughout the year. And I'm definitely feeling all things align through yang, outer summer and inner summer. Amazing. And we'll get into the seasons a little bit later because up until a couple of months ago, you know, I spent 21 years of my life not knowing what the inner seasons are. So I look forward to touching on that shortly. But let's kick it off with the most common question I get, and that is, what is the fertility awareness method? Oh, this is a really interesting question because I get the question a lot too. Fertility awareness method is a, is a method of contraception or a method of understanding your cycle. It's used in two different ways. It's used for conception so to conceive and it's also used to avoid conception and i know that a lot of menstruators get quite scared when it says fertility they think hang on fertility is all about making babies and i don't want to do that so i need to avoid that fertility thing right but it's called fam so the fertility um, awareness method and fam is really based around educating women to better understand their entire cycle through ovulation and menstruation and the bodily changes that occur throughout that. And they're all extremely different from, from person to person. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned that it is both used for contraception as well as con conceiving, like actually falling yeah. pregnant. 
So to have baby and to avoid baby. Exactly right. <laughs> and it's amazing because you work with women who are on both journeys. You don't work with women for one or the other, but both, yeah? Yeah. And another question I get is, how do you track? Because I know there are a couple of different ways. So I'd love to yeah, hear what you have got to say about that. Tracking your cycle is, I guess, one of the four um, like core foundations of the fertility awareness method. Because when you're beginning to understand your menstrual cycle, if you're not tracking it, you don't have any idea of it. And so um, the fertility awareness method is really structured for those who are not on hormonal contraception. When we look at hormonal contraception, it, it creates... Um, an interference with the body's natural flow. And so that changes the body's natural flow of ovulation. It's natural flow of hormones. It's natural flow of menstruation. And so when we look at tracking, there's different ways we can track our cycle and fertility awareness is just one of many ways. Now, when a lot of menstruators are learning about their cycle for the very first time, I did this too. <laughs> I also did it this way is we just look for an app. So we look for technology to support us. Um, you know, generally anytime we're looking to do something, we're like, oh, is there an app for that? Because that's the, the world that we live in today. You know, I just to, to reiterate that, you know, I'm looking at discovering new camping spots because I have a van and I drive around and I stay in my van a little bit, um, you know, on like little trips here and there. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's an app for that. <laughs> and so that same thought process is applied you know, to your cycle. And so it's just taken from other aspects of our life. And that's the generally the first place that most menstruators start is they'll look for an app and they'll go, all right, I'm just going to jot in what I am asked by the app. And so the apps ask all different, depending on your app, it asks many different types of questions. But the common one is you just pop in your first day of your bleed, you track your bleeding days, and then that's it. The app does the rest of the work for you because that's what you know, technology is for, right? <laughs> Science and coding is just to calculate it yourself. Like well, the app calculates it for you. And when it comes to this, there can be a lot of confusion. So if you're on the um, hormonal contraceptive pill, I think using an app can be helpful and supportive. Um, but all in all, my number one favorite way to track your cycle is with a written tracker. Um, so let me ask you this question. So if I know you're in, I wasn't prepared for this, but go for when, it. Um, when you started your journey, did you use an app first or did you use a written tracker? Yeah. So I was using an app first for my first cycle. And that was before I started working with you. And then I started paper tracking and yeah, it makes a really big difference. The app I was using, it, it wasn't too bad because um, it was an app called Kandara and you still had to manually, um, you know, check your fluids. You still had to check your temperatures and put it in like that. So that wasn't one of those like estimate apps, if that's the right word to say. Um, mm -hmm. But when you do, when you are writing it, it also brings, I don't know, just more awareness to where you are. Like you said earlier, where you are in that moment, how you're feeling and just allows you to feel so much more connected and in control of your body. Yeah. And that's why I asked you that because the transition from using an app versus using a written tracker is actually very, very different. And I know a lot of people who aren't into journaling and they're not into like writing things down and expressing with word is that 
right, tracking your cycle in a written tracker is very different to journaling. <laughs> I just want to clarify that it's extremely different. And there are lots of apps out there. And the one that you mentioned, you do, you can track many different aspects of your cycle. So you can do um, basal body temperature, which is also known as BBT. You can use cervical fluid, cervical mucus, um, and you basically document all of that in. But I've never found an app and I've looked at many different types of apps that actually can connect with the most important aspects of your cycle. So is that app connecting with your liver? Is it connecting with your thyroid? Is it connecting with your sex hormones? And that's just the start, let alone your pineal and pituitary glands that live in your brain. They're the things in your body that actually shift and change or contribute to shifting and changing if you have an earlier bleed or a delayed bleed. And that then obviously occurs because of an ovulation shift or change because we menstruate because we ovulate. So when we understand that, we can be like, okay, apps are great because it can give us, you know, it can help us track how long our cycle is. Like for me, I like the fact that an app will tell you exactly how long your cycle is. It'll be like, your cycle is 29 days. The cycle before it was 30. The cycle before that was 28. The cycle before that was 24. It can actually just tell you that, but it can never predict what's going to occur in your cycle or pinpoint when something will happen in your cycle which is a good example of that is ovulation mm -hmm. so with written tracker the best way to begin if you're listening to this and you're like god i use an app crap what do i do is you know on my website wellsome.com or my instagram um, wellsome underscore gemily there's a link and you can just download my free cycle tracker and it's the best foundation of getting to know your cycle and tracking it in a new way it comes with videos on like how to do all of that if you're looking at using tracking as a method of contraception, it's a whole nother story because, and I think you've learned this through coaching. So <laughs> is that there's one aspect to understanding your cycle, but then when we look at the contraceptive app aspect, there's actually a whole new level of tracking your cycle. And it's quite often when I do work with clients, you know, whether it's after three months or six months or even 18 months, they're like, Oh my God, I wish I had have learned this on the first session. And I was like, yes, I know. I really, I know that, but there's a process to understanding other aspects of your health and your body first before jumping to that. Because if I had have told, to, you know, um, told certain clients, these things at the very beginning, <laughs> it may have freaked them out. It might not have been able to be com comprehended in the way that it can once they've already received additional information or education about their cycle. But when it comes to contraception, it's really important to understand that your individual cycle is so different to everyone else's cycle. You know, even in some of the case studies that I've done through my, um, my study, so my fertility awareness study and becoming a certified educator, is that, you know, even if you look at identical twins, so twin menstruators, so twin women, born women, is that even though they're identical twins, they still have completely different cycles. Now, they're the closest thing to being a clone, <laughs> literally the closest thing to being a clone. And they're more likely going to have exactly the same things occurring in their body, right? Because they are one of the same. But it just goes to show that even when they have their own individual cycles, we all have our own individual cycle. So what applies to one woman may not fully apply to another woman because we need to take in lots of different aspects of your lifestyle. So if you're using tracking as a form of contraception, as in you're off hormonal contraception, so no IUDs, no marinas, no pill, 
um, you know, and oh, there's lots of them, but no form of hormonal contraception. And you're maybe just, um, you know, having penetrative sex and you might be using a barrier method like a diaphragm or a condom and you are using the withdrawal method and you're using tracking and you're just using an app to help you with that. I just want to reiterate that that's not the safest way if your goal is to avoid conception, aka avoid pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's not a very um, confident way of doing that. So if you have the goal of using tracking and natural fertility or natural um, methods of contraception to support you, there's things that are really important that you learn individually and that starts with your lifestyle, so your health, your health of your body, Um, what's going on in your actual life. So how you move, how you eat, um, your work-life balance, your relationships, that all impacts your ability to conceive and your ability to avoid conception. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you said, you know, I have been working with you and each and every session I'm learning something new. And of course, right now my goal is to not conceive and yeah, there are just so many different factors that play a part, you know, stress, what you eat, how you move your body, just so many different things. And yeah, the downside with apps is that not only are you not having that one-on-one connection with your yoni and your womb, but, you know, there is also that myth of, you know, ovulation is that day 14. I hear that so often, you know, yeah, day 14, I've ovulated, right? And then a 28-day cycle is meant to be normal, But in reality, you know, I myself realized recently, I, you know, I was on hormonal contraception for four years. And even though I recently came off it, I've had, um, I think, three cycles now not being on it. I've realized in the last couple of weeks that I'm still perhaps not ovulating what's considered normal. You know, I'm still having random moist days here and there. And that's fine. That's part of a journey. And I'm so glad, oh my God, so glad that I know these things about my body because I know what to do and when, and yeah, it's just all a part of a learning experience that every single woman needs to know. I'm sure you agree with that. Mm -hmm. I a hundred percent agree. And I actually really feel it's important. Um, you know, so I'm 34 and I really didn't, I came off hormonal contraception in my late twenties And so I didn't know anything about my body until then. Also, education online was very, very different to what it is today, even like only five years on, right? So we have a lot more like infographics and Instagram is not just um, a platform for media like images. It's actually a platform of education now. So a lot has changed in such a short period of time. But it really is for all ages. And I really, you know, my, my youngest one-on-one coaching client is 18. And I just keep thinking, gosh, I'm so proud of women reaching out for support to learn about this because it literally can change your life. It changes your ability to feel comfortable and supported in a heterosexual sexual relationship so that whilst you're having or engaging in sex um, or penetrative sex, more importantly, you know exactly what you're doing, you feel comfortable, you know what your body's going through at the moment, you know where in your cycle you are, you know, that would have completely changed my sexual experience as a, you know, as a young woman. And you're never too young to learn about this. And I really feel this needs to be at the sex ed classes in school. Yeah, I could not agree more. Seriously, I, all I learned in sex ed as a child was like, 
um, yeah, literally, as soon as you get your period, here's how you wear a tampon, here's how you wear a pad. If you want to have sex, get on the pill. Or here, this is what a marina looks like. Like that was literally my sex education. So naturally, as I turned 18, and as so many women do, as soon as we can, we get on the pill or some hormonal contraception. So that kind of goes into my next question. And that is, what is wrong or what's the issue with using hormonal contraception rather than naturally tracking and charting? Oh, great question. So I'm just going to reframe the question to like, what are the challenges with hormonal contraception? Because I personally don't feel like there's anything wrong in it. We're all entitled to our own decisions. And, you know, that just depends on, you know, belief factors. It can depend on um, current health status. It can also depend on if you're going through a, a terminal illness and you need a particular type of support for that. You know, there's many different reasons um, why both natural and um, like conventional methods work. So, this applies to all aspects of health, whether you are looking at um, the way to treat um, cancer, <laughs> you know, there's a natural and there's like a modern medicine way, whether you're looking at treating, you know, something that I had in the past, which is PCOS, so polycystic ovary syndrome. There's many different facets and you just need to sit down and work out for yourself. This is what I want to start out with answering how, or how I'd like to start out answering the question is it's important for you to just work out what are my beliefs? What am I comfortable with? And whatever decision I make, it's not a permanent decision. So it's not a permanent decision in the sense that you can change your mind. <laughs> and so when it comes to the hormonal contraception is that anything that we put in or on our body has an effect on our body. And a good way to look at that is food. So anything we put in our mouth or on our skin, because our skin is the largest organ and it absorbs literally everything within three, like, 30 seconds to three minutes will be absorbed on your skin, whether it's diesel, when you're filling up your car. <laughs> that happened to me the other day. I was doing the diesel went all over my leg. I was like, crap, clean this off fast. Um, you know that, whether it's putting sunscreen on, whether it's deodorant, whether it's popping a burger in your mouth, is that all of the, everything we put in and on our body literally affects how our body reacts and its response. So whenever we pop something into our body that changes the natural rhythm of the body, it can, cre it can create an imbalance. And so when we look at that imbalance, any hormonal contraception is going to impact our hormones. And so one of the most natural, if not the most natural, I feel like it's the most natural. And on my podcast, the Well Women podcast, we talk about poo, periods, and sex. And we talk about these three topics because everyone shits. <laughs> everyone ex everyone ex exists because of sex and you've heard me say this so many times so and we all exist because of a period mm -hmm. you know if your menstruating mother or biological mother did not menstruate you wouldn't exist and so these are three topics that actually impact us every single day for, for our, the eternity of our life and they are the most common things but they're not talked about so when we look at periods and the menstrual cycle for a woman, it is the most natural cyclical nature of us. We go through this beautiful cyclical journey every month, but that occurs because of the reproductive system. So the glands in the reproductive system, 
going on a rant here, but it's important, is like the, the thyroid and the adrenals and the ovaries and, um, you know, the glands in our brain. All of this is our reproductive system. And when we look at the reproductive system is that it controls our hormones and our body as women makes over 40 plus hormones. And there's certain hormones it makes when we're not pregnant. And then there's certain hormones it makes when we are pregnant. And then even different hormones again that it makes when we're postpartum. So after pregnancy and we've given birth, they all occur because of the endocrine system, your reproductive system. And whenever we throw something hormonal in there, that changes the natural flow of those things. So it changes the natural flow and cyclical nature of your menstrual cycle. Whether it changes it for a short period of time or a long period of time depends on a lot of different factors. So when it comes to hormonal contraception, I don't say there's anything wrong with it necessarily. Um, it's just important to be aware that anything you put in or on your body or take like hormonal contraception is we want to look at, okay, what could that disturb in my body? What could it disturb for an acute thing? So like quickly and just instantly, and then it goes, what could actually be a degenerative thing as in it's going to last over a period of time. And they're questions that we generally don't get asked. Like I didn't get asked that when I was 16 and went on the contraceptive pill, right? That wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't on the to-do list to ask those questions. So as, a, as an educator, I always let women know that whatever your decision is, is as long as you feel comfortable with this and confident, that's the best decision with you or for you. But if it's a decision that someone else has made and you're just doing it because they've made the decision, I want you to relook at, who's in control of the decision making yep so so powerful i love all of that and yeah it's so funny how you know like you said everyone shits we all have sex you know we're <laughs> our mothers have had periods but these things like are so taboo like why it's so funny like i just look at you know me and my mom for example and we are chalk and cheese we are the complete opposite you know i me and my sisters, that's a whole other story. You know, I'm grateful that I am the oldest child. You know, it's had pros and cons over the years. But now where I am in my journey, especially as a woman and going through my own menstrual journey, I've been able to teach so many things to my younger sisters. And it's so funny because they're so open about it. They're like, oh yeah, like, okay, she's talking about it naturally. Like it's a normal thing. But then you'll hear my mom, she'll walk into the room and she's like, oh, do you have to talk about that right now? Like, do you need to talk about that in front of like whoever? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's yeah, so interesting. Oh yeah, it's definitely just just on that note. Just on that note, the, we need to look at the generate like with that factor. We need to look at the generational differences. Mm -hmm. We as a as a generation, um, you know, I'm a I'm a Gen Y. There's there's, there's lots, right? Gen X, Gen Z, all of these. I can't even, I don't know them all. Um, but the younger generations, and I like to say from like mid thirties South, <laughs> so younger than mid thirties is that they're the generation that's very open to communicating and sharing and, you know, bringing things up and, you know, having opinions. Whereas if we look at the older generations and I look at my parents' generations, they're in different generations, but at that same age bracket, so we'll just say 50 plus, is that that generation was really about keep things to yourself. You work on it, you deal with it, and you can get through it. And it doesn't need to be anyone else's business. Your business is your business, not anyone else's. And that's 
a big like belief shift that's occurred even just with menstruation and there still are a lot of families where it's not allowed to be talked about there's a lot of religions where it's not allowed to be openly ex expressed or discussed and the way that we make change so in, in ripple effects just like you've done is by making it conversational it's about you know, when I go to dinner with my family, I'm the oldest of four. I have two brothers and, um, you know, my sister has a boyfriend and he's been in the family for a long time. So he knows what I do. But basically you go, you sit down, we're talking about how you're going. You know, I'll say, oh, I'm actually feeling a little bit low today. You know, I'm on day two of my cycle. And, you know, that explains to them why like, this is at the dinner table. That explains to them why I'm just you know, like sitting back and just kind of relaxing and not contributing too much. because you know, they're aware of where I'm at and how I'm feeling and to create ultimate change, all sexes need to need to understand the process of, um, of the menstrual cycle. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And with saying that, let's talk a little bit about inner seasons. You know, you're saying that day, you're at that time, you're on day two of your cycle, you're feeling a bit low. Yeah. Let's get into it. You know, what are the inner seasons? Mm, this is a really juicy topic because often when I run workshops in person um, and I do this a lot um, and frequently. So if you want to learn about an event, just come and follow me on Instagram and see where my next event is. But when I sit down with women of all ages, you know, I ask them, you know, oh, I'll say like, so we're going to go through the four phases. Like what are the four phases? And a lot of women can be like menstruation. Well, that's self-explanatory, but then they're like, uh, uh, ovulation. That's somewhat self-explanatory, but then there's more than 80% of the room will be like, oh, I don't know what the other ones are. And even women who have had children or have had multiple children don't even know that there's other two phases to this cyclical nature of our cycle. So the way that they work is I refer to them as the outer seasons. Um, sorry, like the like the outer season. So winter, spring, summer, and autumn. And the reason why I do that is everyone understands the cyclical nature of seasons. We understand that summer doesn't last forever, and after summer comes autumn, and autumn then like fades into winter, and then you know this is this beautiful cyclical nature. And when we apply that to the menstrual cycle, women go through this every single month. And I don't like to refer to it as a month because different women have different length cycles. But we go through this multiple times throughout the year. And so your menstrual time, so your bleeding time is referred to as inner winter. Then after inner winter, your post bleed is um, your inner spring time. This is also referred to as pre-ovulation. Then we ovulate and ovulation is referred to inner summer. So this is like your expressive time. Um, as you ovulate, I call this your Beyonce stage, your mm -hmm. sexy and sassy stage. You know, the film clip where Beyonce is in a big yellow dress and she opens the door and the water floods down the stairs and she's like, yes, I'm here. You know, like that's how I envisage in the summer. And then our post-ovulation pre-menstrual phase is referred to as inner autumn. And for many women, that's the most challenging um, aspect of their cycle or phase of their cycle, followed closely by inner winter. Yeah. And with that, there are also you know, so many different things and it's so important for people to be aware of where they are in their cycles, you know, what they're eating, 
you know, um, how they're moving their bodies. Like for instance, I, right now I'm in my inner autumn, I'm getting prepared to menstruate. I'm, I know, and I can feel it. I'm starting to go inwards. Um, and it's also a time where you burn all that extra energy because you're in a winter is that time you rest. So hence why I have been like at F45 at gym, you know, I've been able to like really smash my workouts, really get a good sweat on. Um, and I also find for myself personally and see everyone's different. This is the time in my cycle where sex for me is the best time. And with saying that, I also want to just quickly add in a bit about, you know, how sex can kind of be throughout our cycle because our wombs and our yonis are always, could you say they're moving? I'm not sure about moving, but they're kind of shifting throughout our cycle. So would you be able to share a little bit into that as to why sometimes sex might not be as great at the start of your cycle versus the end of your cycle? Again, everyone's different, but yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you say moon, you're talking about the, the actual menstrual cycle, not to do with the moons in the sky? No. So yeah, just, <laughs> I should have. <laughs> just, I just need to clarify. I just need to clarify. So many different ways, right? Um, no, yeah. just your menstrual cycle. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So if we look at just, it's a great question. So, because if we look at the four phases, you know, there is a different energy system, a different physical feeling and sensation. There's different cravings for food, desires that are in each of these different four phases, including different spiritual connections that come through in each of these different phases of our cycle. And therefore, sexual experience is going to be different too. It comes down to your emotional intelligence and your emotional state as well, because sex and what, like there's many different forms of sex. We can look at self-pleasure. We can look at um, foreplay, we can look at penetrative sex, is that all of these really come back to the care and the love for yourself, how you feel in your body pre any of this, <laughs> um, your confidence levels, you know, things that are maybe going on throughout the day. So like if you're in your autumn and you're extremely agitated <laughs> and you've had a really crappy day at work, you know, that can come into the bedroom, so to speak. So knowing where you're at in your cycle is important knowing what phase of your cycle you're in is important. And then when we look at the sexual aspect is that there's different ways that the body is reacting in your cycle. So one of those is your cervix. And I know we talked a lot about this in your, um, in, in your coaching sessions is, you know, the cervix and educating about it. The cervix is a beautiful part of your yoni that is moving. <laughs> it moves every single day or not. Every day it moves slightly, but throughout your cycle, it's changing its position just like your boobs grow and diminish slightly over your cycle because of hormones, your cervix changes through. And so that can change your, your sexual desires. It can change how sex actually feels. You know, when you're closer to your menstrual time, you're more likely to have a cervical orgasm. Um, I find that for myself. Um, when you're through your ovulation window, you know, like, your cervix is up higher. So you, you know, there's lots of different experiences that you can have at different stages of your cycle. And I actually have a lot of episodes on my podcast dedicated to this, like cervical orgasms. We talk about um, clitoral orgasms. We talk about um, G-spot orgasms to help women understand how they can be different at different times of your cycle for the, like for different reasons. Another aspect to that. So is fluids, your cervical fluid. A lot of women get confused between discharge, arousal fluid, and cervical fluid. 
Um, I have a whole class in the Well Women Academy about cervical fluids, so you can on how to interpret that inside my membership group for menstrual cycle um, education and support. But when we look at the different cervical fluid, that actually can make sex somewhat more enjoyable or less enjoyable. You know, the wetter you are, the more enjoyable it is. Um, the drier you are, sometimes the less enjoyable it is. So there's different ways that your body's changing throughout your cycle and becoming aware of that is really important. And the first step I would say is track your cycle, get to know your phases of your cycle and, um, and apply that knowledge to your sexual experiences. Amazing. And yeah, that actually really, that leads into what I was going to ask you next. Let's talk maybe firstly, just a little bit about, you know, what it, what would you recommend those women who are looking to use the fertility awareness method as a form of contraception, you know, what are the first steps you'd recommend that they do if they are wanting to track and come off hormonal contraception? Okay. So one of the first steps I would recommend is get support. Um, I know that's a bit like gloaty because I'm, I'm someone who offers support, but it's not, this is not a plug. This is actually important that if you are really planning on using this particular type of method of for contraception is that don't just assume that you know what the education on Instagram is sharing or how you're interpreting a blog post. It's really important to get to know your own individual cycle with the support of an educator. There are a number of fertility awareness educators now. Um, something that I do that's different to fertility awareness educators is I educate about the entire menstrual cycle and fertility awareness, um, along with you know a lot of other aspects of health, emotional health, um, energetic health, nutritional health. So it's just important, firstly, is to find support. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of growth and an investment in your, in, in your sex life and in your body. Mm. So that's like, the first one. Yeah, and like mm. you always share with me as well, you know, yeah, you might do the investment now, but this is lifelong knowledge that you're going to have and not only for yourself, but it's kind of like a legacy. You know, you can pass it on to your children, your grandchildren, like, friends like it like it's just creating like a global ripple effect it really is and the another note on that so is that it's not just an investment it takes time it takes time to learn about your body in this aspect or in this way because your menstrual cycle you can't just rush your ovulation you can't just like can i just bring that forward two weeks because i want to learn about this right now you need to not just invest financially but you need to invest the time in this and it's, it's a minimum three to six cycles, depending on where your journey begins, but a minimum three to six cycles to get to know your own rhythms so that you can actually be confident. And um, yeah, no, I was, gonna, I was looking for another word, but confidence is a great word. Just to be confident so that you really can interpret your cycle well and your ovulation window well. Because if you can't do that and pinpoint it, it's going to be a little bit harder. And you know, an example of that is I've been working with a client, not yourself, another client for three months. And, um, you know, she's seeing that her ovulation is delayed. So her body's trying to ovulate, but then it's having a delayed ovulation that's actually ovulating much later in her cycle than she thought. That's how accidents happen. <laughs> if you're unaware of it, that's how accidents can happen if you are being sexually active. So the first thing I would say to, to those menstruators looking at coming off hormonal con contraception is get support. Um, another thing that's really good to do is get support from a doctor 
it sounds bizarre. You want to make sure you, you, you're very selective in who you're working with and who you're bringing on in your team to support you. But it's great to get some blood results and see where your body's at before coming off hormonal contraception. So you kind of know where you're working um, with, like what you're working with and with nutritional deficiencies, that's important. The third thing I would say is you start tracking your cycle. That's a free thing you can do. Just get the, like, get the free cycle tracker that I have and, and um, the guide that I have that comes with it that's free, the videos, and just start that process. And then if you decide that you want to continue and become aware with fertility awareness, then get the support for that. The third thing is if you're coming off the hormonal contraceptive pill, there's actually podcasts that I've got about this and how to support your body and blog posts. So you can just search for those. But specifically, you want to use good nutritional products, specific ones to help support that process. You want to work on having a healthy lifestyle, eating good, clean food, moving your body regularly and making sure you're in a supportive environment, including if you're coming off hormonal contraception with a partner. So you've got a sexually active partner, regardless of the gender, that they're supportive of this process. Because as you come off hormonal contraception, like I found, is that that can really shift and change your emotions. So you might become more snappy or vulnerable or emotional. So crying more or expressing or releasing and detoxing. Um, so having support is really important during that process in your like ongoing living environment. And then with like a coach or a supporter in that, in that way too, they're the best steps to follow. So in feeling fully supported, but, and I know I harped on about this at the start, but education is the most important aspect. And so for you, how have you felt now being educated about this? Imagine if you hadn't have been educated. Yeah. My God. It well, you know, when I came to you originally, I had just come off and I wasn't sure for me, and I'll share this so that people can understand, you know, why it is important to have this guidance like firsthand if you can. And it's because, you know, I reached out to you and I said, should I wait a couple of cycles before we work together so that I know what my body's doing right? Like like I knew what my body was gonna do. <laughs> but I thought that. And then you turned around and you said, like, if you can, like, I would suggest starting right now. And I mm -hmm. look back on our journey these last three months and how much I've learned. And I'm so, so grateful because, yeah, like I said, even up until our very last session of the Shia, I was still learning new things, right? So it's been very, you know, all that knowledge and that education has just helped so much. And again, not just for myself, but even for my partner to be able to understand, like, this is where I'm at in my cycle. Like, no, I don't think we should be having sex right now or whatever, you know, whatever it is, wherever we're at in my cycle. It's the confidence, right? A hundred percent, the confidence. And, you know, I can also strongly admit that I still don't know everything. I am still on my own. I don't know everything. And I, and I, and I work in this field. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it's just an ongoing journey. There is so much to learn, but it is very empowering. Um, and also, you know, our bodies are all different. Like I can't say my experience is going to be the same to someone else's. So that's super important for people to understand. And also, even though I have been working, say with yourself for three months, I've been off contraception, hormonal contraception for three months. I am still aware right now that my body's still, or my menstrual cycle, I should say, is still not ideal if for say- Adjusting. Yeah, it's still in an adjustment period. So 
yeah, and at least I know now, like, what I am looking out for these next couple of months, and I can understand, mm-hmm. well, okay, this still isn't regular, or who knows, next month, it might, it can be completely different, I'll be like, oh, okay, like, this is different to last month, and yeah, it's just an ongoing journey. It really is. I'm glad that i really glad that you mentioned that because a lot of women think, look, I'm just going to come off the pill and then I'll just, I'll go through a couple of cycles. I want to track my cycle for three to six months first and then I'll work with a coach. Mm -hmm. And I always have a little chuckle to myself because they're actually the phases or transitional times where you need the most support. Mm -hmm. You need the most education and the most understanding. And the amount of women that I I share that with and then I end up supporting them with like their last month of being on the pill or their last month of having the IUD and then they're coming off that, that process and that transitional phase provides so much extra additional support. So they're like, oh, that's what my body means when it's doing this now. So there's less freak out phase. There's less misinterpretation. There's, ne- there's less stress, worry and anxiousness, which actually contributes to throwing your cycle of balance too. So I would suggest that, and this is why I offer a six month coaching package, because if you're planning on coming off contraception, working with a coach before you come off contraception, whilst you come off contraception and then realigning your cycle, that literally is the six months that I wish I had the support would have changed my experience. And I guess my experience is now my story, but it's important to know that it's just like if you had a challenge, you'd reach out and um, maybe get acupuncture or you'd go and see a naturopath or nutritionist if you're having digestive challenges. You know, this is the same thing if you're having challenges or considering making a big life change with your contraceptive options, reaching out for for ongoing help and support is exactly the same. It's an investment. Yeah. And would you recommend basically or essentially the same type of steps for someone that is also wanting to fall pregnant? Yes. If you're wanting to conceive, there's certain things you can do preconception. So I call this preconception planning. It's also referred to as like like family planning, um, depending on how the client would like to refer to it. But yeah, if you're planning on conceiving, there's certain things you can do to prepare your body and your partner's body um, to make sure that you know you've got the healthiest chances of a healthy egg and a healthy um, healthy sperm, and your body's at its healthiest because the moment of conception literally changes changes your body. And then it changes your body ongoingly until at least three to six months postpartum. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at well over a year, like a year to a year and a half of complete body changes. So you really want to prepare for that. Plus preconception planning is good because the chances of conceiving um, within the first few cycles is much, much higher than the stress of trying for a year and then not being successful. So um, if you're looking at planning conception, I would strongly suggest also getting support, going get, getting, you know, a blood checkup done for both you and your partner and, you know, getting to understand your body and your cycle, your cervical fluid, your basal body temperature and checking in with a fertility awareness method educator and teacher is important. And then, you know, like that process three months before um, and then transition to trying to conceive and then conceiving is a beautiful adjustment. And that just goes to show no matter where you are in your journey, how important it is to know your cycle and naturally, and especially, you know, you've shared with me, you've had or read multiple case studies where women have tried for years, if anything, to fall pregnant. And you like, they've actually found out that they were 
you know, trying to conceive when they weren't even ovulating or weren't near their ovulation window, right? So that just goes to show the power of knowing your body and knowing your cycle. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing all of You're that. You're welcome. And just last little point I'll make on that is that um, I know we're nearly out of time, but understanding your cycle preconception is really important for understanding your cycle once you, it starts back up after having your child. Because this is where a lot of mistakes actually occur. You might be able to conceive easier than like other women or other couples, but the, the chances or the current pregnancy or conception rate after your first child is quite high. And this is why a lot of families have children quite close together in age and they're unplanned because women aren't aware of their menstrual cycle and when they're ovulating, even whilst they're breastfeeding. So, or bottle feeding or co-feed, like co-feeding, like co so they're breastfeeding and bottle feeding. So that preconception planning and education actually supports you post baby too. It's just education that you have to take with you through that journey. Yeah, exactly. And I did just have one of my close friends. She's, she herself is trying to fall pregnant at the moment and she's on her own journey of trying to do so. And she's asked about, you know, Chinese medicines or I suppose even supplements in general, like if that's something you would recommend to people who are trying to fall pregnant or what are your views on, you know, supplements and things like that? This is such a great question. Actually, yesterday, um, my, my podcast had a podcast episode go out on preparing for pregnancy and it talks all about this particular topic. So with specifically though nutrition and Chinese medicine, it depends on the woman individually and where they're at on the journey. Have they been trying to conceive for three months? Have they been trying to conceive for two years, 10 years? Have they gone down the, the track of IVF yet? Are they already educated through fertility awareness? Are they using the sympnothermal method? You know, there's so many questions that come into this. In general, um, preparing for pregnancy and making sure you've got the best chances to conceive all come back to I believe eating close to nature, removing junk. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you put junk in, you're going to get junk in your chunk. <laughs> so removing the junk is making sure yet yeah, you're eating um, nature based foods, whole based foods. You're avoiding deep fried foods, um, fast foods, um, processed sugars and processed foods, anything in a packet really, I would be like looking to eliminate um, reducing or eliminating all alcohol, reducing and eliminating all caffeine, just making those little lifestyle changes can be a huge difference. Yeah. Then additionally, um, I always recommend using a pharmaceutically graded prenatal multivitamin. You want to make sure it's pharmaceutically graded so you know you're getting the best quality and you're not getting any additives or fillers because that can be disruptive to the quality of um, your overall health, especially with your egg health and your egg release. Um, I would also look at if a couple's having challenges conceiving, I would get the, the partner in the relationship to also do a few certain practices, particular medicine, um, like Chinese herbs can be supportive, but normally those Chinese herbs aren't supportive in the process of conception. They're supportive potentially in the process of reducing stress, potentially in the process of, um, eliminating anxiousness and bringing the body's nervous system back into balance. Their aspects of a women's conception journey that aren't focused on enough. And most of the time women have challenges conceiving because they're experiencing stress cycles. Yeah. 
So it's a whole, it's a huge answer. And this is all the stuff that I cover through one-on-one coaching um, along with inside the Well Women Academy. And I would just say to your friends, like reach out and get, and get help and support. You know, it's important just like you would get a midwife whilst you're pregnant to help you deliver the child or you'd hire a doula, you know, it's, it's the same process in, in, in conceiving too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I am so glad I've had you on. You have just covered so, so much in, yeah, such an amazing amount of time as well. Like, yeah, I'm just, everything that we've spoken about, my mind's just like, I'm just thinking of how many people are going to listen to this and, you know, gain a lot of value, but also be able to gain more confidence just by listening to this and knowing their bodies more and you know, giving themselves permission to be able to go further in their own journeys to, yeah, do whatever they're trying to do, whether it's to not fall pregnant or to fall pregnant. Um, So with saying that, would you like to just kind of give everyone a bit of an idea where they can find you, um, how they can work with you, et cetera? Mm -hmm, Definitely. So the best way to find me is by just heading to my website, wellsome.com. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com. You'll find everything there, a link to my Instagram, a link to my Facebook, a link to my free Facebook community, um, links to all my free downloads. Um, that's the best way to find me. My Instagram is Wellsome underscore Gemily. It's where I hang out most of the time and I send out a weekly newsletter every week with bonus tips that I don't share anywhere else um, to your cycle. And my podcast is the Well Women Podcast. And you'll find that on any of your favorite podcast apps. Boom. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much again for joining me today and sharing everything that you can in the amount of time that we have had. I'll leave all your details as well in the show notes so that people can find you. And who knows, we might even have a part two later on or next year for some, yeah, something I'm sure will come up. There's just, yeah, always so much to talk about in this realm of things. (laughs) There is, I could talk for hours about these topics and they deserve the time to be talked about too. So, so thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you so much. And I will see you all.